What's cracking, lovely people? Welcome back to the show. It's the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. Before we get started, I just want to mention a couple of companies that help me out. So 33 Fuel, they produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. You can get 10% off anything from their stores by using MAT10. So plant-based nutrition, gluten-free, dairy-free, Warren Erica and James crack things with that company. And they're really, really great people. I've used a few of their products for some of my longer bimbles. So go and check them out. And the other company is an organic coffee company called Crew Cafe. So I always start my day drinking their coffee. Taste profile's great. I can use their grounds. And if you're into the pods and things like that, you can you can bang those in. You can get 20% by using Up Crew. So now that's out of the way, we can dive into things. And the chap that I'm about to introduce you to, we actually met via Instagram. We found out that we... Uh, well, I've actually studied this course in the past, but James is is studying it at the moment. So we're into performance nutrition. Obviously, I, I do it as a bit of a job, and James is looking eventually to transition over. But he's actually a professional footballer at the moment. So, um, mate, welcome to the show. No, thank you. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, looking forward to it. So you're saying, mate, before we started the podcast, you're packing up and you're moving. So is it is it a new venture playing abroad, or have you played abroad before? Like, what's what's the crack there? Yeah, so I've um, a bit of a footballing nomad. Um, since 2011, I've uh, been playing abroad in Israel for a short bit of spell, um, Poland for a year and a half, a little spell in Puerto Rico, and then five years in Sweden. Um, and this last year, I've just returned to England. But uh, yeah, busy on Wednesday, got the the call to move back to Sweden um, so I signed a two and a half year contract uh, with a club just north of Kalmar called Oshka Sams um, but it's kind of tied in quite well because my the time out in Sweden I met my fiance and she's 22 weeks pregnant now so we always said that once we had a fa- family on the way that we were going to move back to Sweden so it's kind of perfect timing really and just finished up my sports science degree this summer so yeah, things are just all tied in quite well at the right time, right place. Oh, mate, that's actually decent. Oh, congratulations as well with um, yeah, going to be a dad. Is is it is this your is this your first or have you have you got children already or what's the what's what's, Thanks, what's going on there? Yeah, it's the first one, so we just found out last week it's going to be a, a little boy. So cool. it's uh, exciting times ahead. Yeah, mega. Okay, so I think. From a performance point of view, especially as you, you just said you're a bit of a footballing nomad, I think it would be quite interesting to dive into when you start at a new place, obviously because you have to perform, you have to be well, you know, your your, your job, your income is, is, you know, your performance, your body. How have you found adapting to different environments? So like you said, playing in Israel, playing in Poland, playing in Sweden, um, is, it, is it a different approach in terms of the strength and conditioning side of things, what the club offers? Have you had to then obviously go out and do your own thing and, and source your own uh, supplements or obviously do your own cooking or have you had um, access to chefs on site? How, how's it all happened over your career? Yeah, it's been uh, pretty up and down. Um, the When I was young, um, before I went abroad at uh, Bolton Wanderers, we had like, a really good setup there. Like, the sports science department there was top notch. It was you know head and shoulders above everything else. Um, and it's, it hasn't been the, yeah, put it uh, quietly, it hasn't really been the best in terms of some of the clubs. Um, 
for both sports and uh, nutrition side. So that's kind of where I go in and I've, my interest has kind of developed from there. Um, and it's always been at most clubs I've been to, the other players on the team are the ones who have actually come to me and asked, you know, like, what what do you eat? Like, you know, what uh, exercise do you do in the gym and stuff? So they kind of looked at me as kind of a role model that way. So kind of hearing the younger guys and even the older players mentioning that kind of uh, sparked an interest maybe to develop more of a, a possibility of, you know, to going down the nutrition side of things. Um, so luckily I like to cook as well and things. So I think that's, it's all kind of tied in that it's, I know obviously how big nutrition plays in performance and I've seen it firsthand where a lot of talented players that basically horrendous at the nutrition side of things like they're just really selling them short self short um so that's what i want to do when i finish playing is kind of show them you know how big nutrition is and it's a um you know i can potentially help them um if people are obviously looking to looking for that so yeah that's long story for that but it's uh that's kind of how I felt with the nutrition side of things from being abroad. Mm. Now, it makes sense. And, you know, like, we've obviously both studied sports science together. And I think from my side, it'd be interesting to hear your opinion when I got into that. And I got into that we did a sports nutrition module, which was one back then. So that was, you know, almost 10 years ago when I studied that. But we did this exercise metabolism module. And I just got fascinated with, yeah, people doing different different forms of intensity. And they're fed something differently beforehand or they're not fed. And then they're measured in terms of heart rate. They're looked at in terms of amount of carbohydrates or amount of, uh, you know, fat that's 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 burned and what's what's the crossover. When's one used more often than the other? Or I know you're always burning all of them at the same time, but how does how does feeding someone a certain way and thinking about intensity or duration change things? So that's that's how I first got into it. And yeah, it sounds like you've. Like you said, you've taken some of the learnings and looking after yourself, and then you're thinking, right? Actually, even at the even at the most the top environment, people are still getting decision fatigue, asking questions. So you you know you want to kind of be a bit of a resource and answer those sort of things. So with your guru performance studies at the moment, what what are you what are you enjoying studying? Is probably the first question, and the second question, what's been that kind of light bulb moment for you? Because for me, it was around. Yeah, reading stuff by James Morton, looking at some of the biochemistry, looking at some of the energy availability stuff. It was that's basically what got me to wanting to be a nutritionist for a, for a job, really. Yeah, you just hit the, the nail on the head there. That's um, before I signed up for the performance nutrition podcast, uh, the diploma. They, I watched the lecture by James Morton, and I think it was on um, carbohydrate and energy availability for endurance so someone doing it in cycling and just instantly I thought you know this is fascinating stuff and then whilst I'm been working my way through the the course just all the lectures I found from James Norton and all his uh, podcasts he's been on is just he has a it's like a special knack of explaining things that are so complex but making them sound so simplistic mm-hmm. and easy um and just in terms of, you know, I've seen players where they just jump on the bandwagon of all these fad diets and stuff and all this, and then, you know, 
it's things like uh, yeah, they'll be you know fasting because now it's it's become popular. But at the same time, then they'll be having some sort of glucose drink two three hours just before, and then you're just spiking the the carbohydrates going into that. So you know they're not really basically selling themselves short from what they actually are you know supposedly trying to do with being fasting or whatever. Mm. Going down. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's the like you said, it's that method approach. People jumping onto methods, and then when you hear more of the James Morton side of, of things and and a performance nutrition side of things that you're learning, it's just about periodizing things and and using all these different tools, building building a bit of a toolbox as a practitioner. And then he yeah, he's one of the best at translating research into practice. But then the good thing about you know, I'm not sure if you want to work in football and nutrition when you're finished or if you want to work with just generally active people but it is all about yeah basically just wrapping it up and, and making it simple but also un- understanding what what the person in front of you is going through so with all your years as a professional you know knowing the highs and lows in terms of the training the fatigue you know winning losing and then um that that you know that's really key and, and we're having a chat with uh, about Stephen and and you know one of the one of the kind of researchers and lecturers on that course and how he's just dived in to go and start running an ultra marathon because he he works with long distance runners nutritionally and sometimes you need to know what it feels like so is that is that what you'd like to do are you going to try and work with footballers or are you just interested in sports nutrition generally I think in, in general it'd be good to get to the um, develop your skill set more working in different uh, sports. Um, but at the same time, you said there with um, if you delve into the sport itself, I think you would get more respect from the players or the athletes that you're actually trying to implement the the nutrition towards. Um, like if you know, without actually really going through an ultra marathon and putting your body through that, and how are you actually going to feel? I, th- I think you kind of sell yourself short without actually um, experiencing it. So. Yeah, it's a bit of both. It's more for football and to develop the skill set in other sports. Um, I think that you can kind of get a bit stale working in the same sport. So I think it's it's a good way to to broaden out. Mm, yeah, mix it up. Yeah, well, I do. I'm a, I'm a lot more kind of corporate wellness space now, working with people that that kind of sit in offices for a living. But I do some endurance. I do a little bit in fashion, which is really interesting, and then a little bit in rugby. But um, yeah, I suppose from from your end, mate, around some of the some of the nutrition tools that you've implemented or, or that you feel that give you the kind of uh, not edge, but even just allow you to 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 feel consistent and help with recovery. You know, for people listening to this, if 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 they're keen to read more about something or implement something themselves that that is quite simple or that you maybe think is a bit overlooked sometimes or. Um, could could have could have been uh, kind of brought to the attention recently, but people might not quite understanding how to implement it. Have you have you got anything in that side of things that you're doing at the moment, or you're reading about, or you're you've implemented in the past? It's more I've I think from as I know with a few of the injured players when I because my last this last year I had seven months out injured and there was a few of the guys who were injured with me and it's the fact that they're basically not doing any exercises so automatically think they have this 
negative aspect towards carbohydrate, thinking well, I'm not doing anything, so I don't need it at all. But what I actually learned in the last year or so in the course that is you're actually you know burning more and utilizing more energy if you're still active when you're actually not um, fit. So you still need the carbohydrate and things. Um, so it's more of a not completely uh, you know, degrading away from mm. just carbohydrates. You know, it's obviously has its place and its time and for everything, but it's, yeah, I just feel like they have a bad rap. And I think it's, I know for myself, definitely, that I, you know, gone down a rabbit hole myself as well, where I haven't maybe fueled myself properly, thinking, you know, maybe I shouldn't have all those carbs, I'm not really training as much, but it's, uh, yes, I'm just still trying to, obviously, still learn myself as well, as I go, um, show this things that I've really messed up on myself, which I can actually implement towards people, mm. um, so... Mm just taking learnings from those situations like you said and often you know aggressively cutting energy intake you're also missing out sometimes on a lot of the fiber from some of these carbohydrate rich foods and then obviously some of the other vitamins and things like that and then like you said if you are injured and you radically change your diet and and you are outsourcing your food because not you know not everyone scratch cooks like yourself before we start recording you know we, we we enjoy cooking so people maybe then go and buy different foods or food products. So I think that's that's really key, not necessarily wiping everything out of your diet just because you're you've got an injured injured um, limb or uh, you know you're 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 not very well. So you're basically just not not doing your usual training. No, exactly. I know that. Um, yeah, is that? I'm not sure if it's based for being a busy athlete or so, but the majority not the best around the kitchen I can say that so <laughs> it's basically yeah so it's you know they go going off to the Nando's to have the stuff they go in to any other restaurant you know four or five times a week and it's you know obviously really selling themselves short where it's it's just a skill which you know even going back to school it's something we all should be able to know how to you know make like a healthy nutritious meal and mm-hmm. they can adapt it from there um to me, my fiance, I know you're a big fan of Jim Oliver as well. So, the the five ingredients book, like I couldn't plug that highly enough. That it's simple to make, things you have in the house, um, quick, and then if you're doing meal preps, especially for athletes, it's something you can easily do. You know, one day a week, and there's your meals there for uh, for the rest of the week. So hopefully, uh, you know, some players could actually get involved and maybe get in the, the kitchen a bit more and learn this stuff that they can actually fuel themselves properly rather than going to restaurants and not actually knowing what's being put into their food. Yeah, outsourcing it. But the the other interesting thing is, well, this is more from my side because, uh, well, I know you're a big, you're a coffee fan as well. Going, yeah. o- going over to Sweden and, and is, is is there a drastic change in food culture? Because I know they're, they're big on their coffee and um, that whole kind of fika, you know, coffee and something sweet, or or stop and have a coffee and eat something, and um, yeah, what like what what will change? I know you've done years there, so you'll probably adapt quite quickly. But for people listening, like what what goes down on the on the food and beverage side of things in Sweden compared to here? Yeah, it's um, well, basically, if you 
someone asks you to go for a free kiss with a coffee and cinnamon bun or coffee and a sweet thing, it's, it's kind of uh, frowned upon or considered shunting them and very rude if you uh, refuse to go. But it's the uh, it's just like a way of life. It's the, all businesses, they have a fika break you know, in the morning and the afternoon. It's just a kind of a way just to get everyone together and just have a, a chat around the social aspect of the, the food and coffee. And I think Sweden's maybe the third or fourth highest uh, coffee drinkers in Europe so they, you know they really love their strong black coffee which I'm going to get back into uh, back into when I can move back out there it yeah. uh, was uh, kind of cut back on it a bit but I think when you're out there it's, it's just kind of thrown at you really it's, it's yeah it's, it's basically a way of life really for being in Sweden with enjoying your coffee mm. and then yeah like you said there do you tend to cycle it so from a performance point of view, obviously if you're cracking it at home and you're enjoying it or you're going out with um, friends and family and stuff, but from a performance point of view, do you dial it in a bit so then you can use it for sessions when you're working harder or for longer? Because people are now, you know, more more people are now reading and listening to, to things and it's not just sports nutritionists or, you know, avid learners like ourselves that know about the benefits of coffee for, for athletic performance. So how, how do you personalise it for yourself? Yeah, it's, um, it was kind of only when I've actually went from drinking you know, maybe several cups too many a day until just having one or two, I actually realised that, yeah, my sleep is actually really, really, um, has been affected over the years. Like, I always had trouble sleeping, didn't actually realise it was probably down to the coffee and all the stress. Um, so, it's just a big one that I've... Yeah, gone down to drinking one or two a day and then even just switching up to decaf in the, the rest of the day just for that flavour and stuff um, but I would still definitely recommend it as a performance enhancing um, mm. like an ergogenic aid for that for if you, if, you, if you can't live without the actual the buzz if you go to you know, one or two a day even taking if it's just the flavour or just the habit of having like the decaf like it's man's a habit and I forget that it's actually decaf coffee yeah um but it's the uh obviously it's all the benefits with with having it but I, I I'm I don't think I'm, I'm not a, a fan of being able to have coffee after uh, two or three that I'm busy up all night so I think it's more of a case of now there's a lot of research on it that's actually what my dissertation was in a sports science degree um oh, cool. effects on caffeine. yeah the effects of caffeine in uh, crossfit workout cindy so like uh, i did quite a lot of research on caffeine whilst being highly caffeinated at the same time so um oh, decent. i think more it's more um yeah people obviously have to have higher tolerances or lower transfer it's very individualized and it's more of a fact of really obviously knowing the body and how you react from there and just tone it up or tone it down. Um, mm. And mate, what were your so, results for your from your study? So if people don't know, I'm trying to remember. Is, is Cindy the 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 uh, put the push up, squat, pull up workout? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it was um, out of the 14 that was on it, there was only one that actually didn't get a performance benefit. So what I used was, it was a company called
called Point Blank, Cold Brew. So rather than using a multi-ingredient energy drink, I thought the best way to really see the actual benefits of what is being offered would be just using like a, a coffee or a cold brew. Um, so like, I was actually surprised that the how big of an effect it was for the workout. Um, I'm trying to think how, how much it was. I think on average it was maybe 50 to 60 reps or so, which is the equivalent of uh, you know one and a half, two rounds of it. So yeah, it was like a, a big, a big impact towards the. Uh, towards the study there with really? this, um, the coffees yeah that's um, interesting because I was go- yeah because I was going into it just presuming yes yeah, it's, it's not going to be that big of a fit because it was uh, 180 milligrams so the average it came out to be about I think one or two milligram per kilogram which is not really considered performance enhancing effect really it's, you know traditionally it's three to six milligram so uh, yeah, surprising results for it. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's really cool. And that's so. It's is it the five? Is it five? I'm trying to remember, is it uh, five, five, five squats five. or five push-ups first? No, it's, it's yeah, five. So five pull-ups. Pull-ups. Push-ups. Yeah. Fifteen uh, bodyweight squats, and you just continue to do that for twenty minutes. Um, so as many rounds as you can, or as many reps, depends which way you count it up. Yeah. Um, it's so. Uh, Cool. Did you um obviously you so the CrossFit side of things is that something you just dived into from research purposes or do you do you crack some of that yourself as well or is that is that part of your S and C routine or where does that come into your lifestyle? No, it was a bit of both. Like I, I think it was back in like back in its early days when there was no CrossFit gyms around. It was maybe two thousand eight nine where you'd go to the the usual gym and. You were those annoying guys taking up the half the, the gym, throwing the weights around on the floor. Um, it's more, it's as in for an SNC side, I think football is kind of, I think, frowned upon or so, but it's it doesn't have the best publicity. Um, but personally, for myself, I do those, some of the workouts here and there, but also I know I'm 31 years old now, so I'm not kind of, I don't be racing against some of the young younger people in the in the gym there you know it's yeah I've done i've done stupid things in my time when i was young you know just it's not really worth it um being out injured or still by just snatching you know something that's yeah too too heavy that you can really cope with so uh, um but it's something i would uh once finished playing i think i'll get more involved in the crossfit crossfit side of things um just for the social aspect as well and it's just a great way of mm working out i think mm-hmm. oh definitely and that's good that they so is that something that you pitched to to the university you're studying at or is that something that was pre-existing because it's great that you can because i know obviously studies of caffeine there's so many that exist and, and obviously it's quite a good thing to, to to work on but did they give you some creative license around the actual exercise because usually it's as you know bike leg extension all that kind of stuff so it's decent that you could kind of conduct it in, in you know, like a, like a workout that, I'm not saying everyone could do, but a, a lot of people now know about and can crack. Yeah, no, that's the, the studying I was from Manchester Metropolitan University. So it was actually distance learning I did over the, the five years. So pretty much 
I've been living in Sweden at all times, so I was, um, we weren't, didn't have the, the chance to go to the lab, so it was choosing some dissertation that I can implement where I would be in the world. And like the reason I had for Cindy was, like I said, it's a pull-up, it's a push-up, and it's a body with squats, so there's, it's not a high technical aspect movement. You know, if I did a workout, like, um, with some uh, lunges and some cleans and things in it, mm. the technical side is going to affect the actual lifting. So this is one of the reasons I've done it. And mm. there was quite a lack of research within CrossFit. And then given its popularity from the last four or five years, the um, my supervisor kind of you know, thought I was going down you know, a, good, a good route there. So... Um, I'm glad I kind of went that way as well. It was more of a, it can be implemented more. It's, it, it kind of translates more because it's within the gym. You know, it's obviously different. Like you said there, if you're, you're giving someone a standard dose, sitting on a uh, ergo bike or sitting on a knee extension where, yeah, it, you know, it works well in the lab. But if they actually go into the gym competing against someone else, mm. there's it doesn't really translate over. Mm. Um and then if you um so say if you were gonna say in an ideal world if 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 you had the time obviously mate you're gonna be a busy guy with a you know a, a new baby on the way starting playing football again in Sweden but say if you could click your fingers and you know someone could give you a research grant at your disposal you could choose the topic what what would you like to kind of delve into and obviously it's something you could do in the future. I know at the moment you're not going to do that, but what what else would you be kind of really excited about to study in in nutrition and in performance? Yeah, it would be the caffeine wise. It's obviously it's it's just so much of data there. Um, I think it would be more if you look at the effects, and then given at the club I'll be at, it would be like over a, over a season or so. And then potentially maybe the different diets or so, it's how it affect recovery between the different athletes um, at the club. Um, but this is obviously more longitudinal. I know there's a lot of factors there that, you know, without really being like in a metabolic ward studies there, it's, it's hard to really pinpoint down exactly if the nutritional invention for yeah. who has been offered to. Um, I think it's something would be within within football. Um, it just depends if there's any like new new fad diet that would come out, or if there's new supplements on the line that would be coming out soon that you know you could kind of work in in with that. That's what something that would be interesting to me there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then from a you know you're you're a you're now reading more of the research. You, you, you're going to be a qualified, you know, sports nutritionist and things soon, and your experience in your footballing career. What what things do you use, if any? I know you're a food first, scratch cook. You know, lo- love all you eat, similar to me. But what what do you use to enhance or um, aid performance in terms of supplements and things? Or if any, you know, maybe you don't because, like you said, you you don't think they're applicable or. Um, you might not have access to things in certain countries, but what what do you find works for you? Yeah, for me, I've over the years I've always 
standard whey protein, um, creatine as well. Something I've always taken, even though there's a few people have told me that you know it's there's no benefits and all that. Which well, obviously it's the number one studied supplement in the market, and there's yeah constantly shows it's sort of the benefits there. Um, when I was younger, I kind of was led astray, you know, believing the hype of some of the supplements, and then actually realised you know I'm just wasting my money here so really the only ones that is just the whey protein creatine um and then most of the protein you buy now it does have the uh glutamine and stuff added to it and things so i think as long as you're having a like a good uh food first covering all your bases there it's not really needed with majority of all the supplements um and obviously caffeine as well for performance i always have have, um, I find that without having that, you don't really have that the edge. Um, so yeah, it's basically just those three, those three supplements, just a, a, a daily, a daily supplement to my, my nutrition plan. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. Definitely, definitely. So what we can clear from this is that obviously you're looking forward to going back to Sweden to start cracking more of the strong black coffees. And, yeah. um, yeah, you're obviously you're going to continue with playing full time, but then you've got you've got an eye on looking at performance nutrition and sports nutrition. So, you know that is um, you're obviously very busy, but it's you're you're in quite an exciting period, and um, especially studying that course, like you said, you're around so many interesting lecturers who actually do get into the field as well. They're not just yeah. You know, they're not just uh, chucking out studies and staying in labs. You know, you're, you're speaking to people that are professional nutritionists in, in, you know, sports clubs or working with individuals all around the world. So that's why I just wanted to get you on the show because we've got similar interests. And, um, yeah, it's just it's good to speak to someone who's going through that process, you know, researching, qualifying, but then also working full time, you know, and, and, and having a family and things. So, you know, it just shows trying to balance things really isn't it so you, you just you know you're doing the best you can but performing at an elite level and then also taking the time to turn a kind of hobby and an interest into a career really aren't you yeah exactly it's, it's basically like it comes out long days so it's um oh, be a lot early when when the baby comes around but um like pretty much every day no matter what it is it's alarms six o'clock get up read a couple of journals or do some studying um, off to the gym, come back, and then you go to the training or come back from the training and a bit of um, a bit more studying and stuff. So like I'm showing the fiance's there. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't see me much. Normally in the uh, the office, that's where I spend most of the time. Yeah. So uh, it's more just getting the discipline. Really, like, it's uh, like you say it's you can always find time. I I find that. I, don't really set enough time for uh, relaxing, maybe watching a movie. I feel like I should be watching on instead of watching this, I should be you know, reading some journal or doing something um, productive. But I think that's quite the downfall, really. It's feeling you need to be always doing something all the time. That's at the same time, it's it is good to relax now and again, which I think I've just realised in the last three four months. Um, I'm sure with the the little one on the way will be yeah yeah I'm sure I'll, I'll soon relax a bit more when I can definitely man alright well look mate before before you go 
if if you if there's anything you're reading or there's any other podcast or anything you're listening to, you know, can you direct anyone towards any resources that you enjoy? And then after that, just let people know how they can stay in touch and you know follow what you do. And yeah, we can we can crack on from there. Yeah, so it's, um, I'll have a chat with you before. There's a couple of the podcasts I've been listening to for years. There's just a standing one for it's. I like because anything can be on, no matter what. It will be the you know, Joe Rogan podcast. Um, but in terms of nutrition and the, the sports science sides of things, it will be the Guru Performance podcast. I'm avid listener of that. Um, recently, I've just found the Sigma Nutrition with Danny Lennon. That's um, something I've been going through the back backlog of all the podcasts there. Um, that's another one. Ben Greel Fitness. That's another one that's uh, there's a lot of woo-woo type stuff on there, but it's I find he's, he knows his stuff as well. It's uh, interesting to, uh, to listen to that. Um Perfect. Uh, and then like the barbell stroke, that's more of the strength conditioning side of things. There's a, a collection of podcasts on there, um, which the real chalk is the one I listen to. I find Ryan on there like it's it's easy to listen to. It's uh, you know it's a good way to uh, take your mind off things there. Decent man. Um, so yes, there we might the podcast I listen to, and then if uh, anyone wants to. Follow anything I do on Instagram or Twitter or so. Uh, handle is J Sinclair nineteen eighty seven. Cool. So you can have a look at pictures and videos of me having strong black coffees <laughs> and reading. <laughs> so, mate, know, that's, that's uh, the way. Well, that's how you know. That's how we obviously. That's how we got in touch. And I think it's just it's decent that people like yourself are open minded. You know, asked to come on and have a bit of a chat and share a bit of your world and. Um, mate it's cool you're giving some resources to people let people know you know behind the scenes around what being a professional athlete is you know and it's uh, yeah we've got similar interests and that's why I wanted to have a chat really so I agree those podcasts are the ones I listen to almost daily I haven't heard Barbell Shrug in a while but I used to when I was into CrossFit things a lot more I used to hit that and um, yeah look I wish, wish you kind of all the best in terms of obviously the, the little one on the way and I, and I know you will stay in touch, but in terms of when you finish your studies or, um, at, you know, as you're maybe getting into the season and, and maybe back into 2019 or in 2020, I could get you back on the show if that's all right. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, I appreciate this is actually the first, first podcast I've uh, um, produced, so it's, uh, it's, it's good to uh, actually get, get on one. But, um, no, I appreciate the, um, the chat. You know, it's obviously, like you said, it's really good to just have a discussion with people with similar interests or even like different views where you can both learn um, from each one or each other so um, no I really appreciate that decent mate alright well look lovely people thanks again for listening I'm up closer to 100 episodes and look when I started this thing it was just a hobby really it's something that I love to do connect with people like James and it's it's a great side project for me and every time I look at the listening stats and they go up I, I appreciate it massively so keep listening keep sharing and have a great week